Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Truth is narrow. Let me give you a math question. Not the new math. The old math that we used to learn. (laughs) New math I'm confused with. Okay. But you'll get this one. If I add two to two, what do I get? What I don't like four. I like six. Is truth narrow? And no matter what you do with two and two, it always equals, tell me, four. Is that narrow? Of course. Truth is narrow. Understand it. As Jesus got closer to the time of his crucifixion, he began to confront the religious leaders concerning who he was. He began to more explicitly define what his kingdom and rule were and required from people. The scripture passages Pastor Mark will be teaching from will show some of this conflict. Jesus will be talking about narrow entrances, and we'll see that he states that he is the only way to heaven. He will warn his listeners and us about being certain that we're in real relationship with him, not depending on our works, but instead on his sacrifice and grace. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, Love People God's Way to Heaven and Our Mission. As the church grows, when the church was established in Jerusalem, who is the church established with? Jewish people. There were no Gentiles. In fact, the Gentiles were thought as evil people in those days. So when it started with 120, what happens? All of a sudden, the 120 in the upper room expand, and within 30 years, you hear these words. Those people who have turned the world upside down have come here. And what happened? How did that happen? Because now it was not just spreading to Jews. It was spreading to who? Gentiles all over the world. Now, I would say this morning, 99% of you are Gentiles. How did you get here? Because the gospel did what? It expanded. It grew. And it continues to grow today. By the way, we're on VIO. What are we trying to do? Expand the kingdom of God. Get people saved. Most of the people you're going to witness to, not all. I met another Jewish lady this morning that's a believer. Uh, Two, uh, wonderful time talking with her. But most of the people we're going to talk to are Gentiles. So it's going to expand. We know that God's still growing his church. Now here's the minority view. Here's the other view. Sometimes I lean to this one. Here's the other view. The mustard seed grows into a large tree. Normally, what does the mustard seed look like? It's a little shrub. Just a small shrub. So they believe this is abnormal growth. It's like weird. How could that be a tree? That's, that's like a cancer. It's like weird growth. And the birds, in their understanding, are evil. Often, birds are evil in the Bible, but not always. Now, 
leaven, on the other hand, any place you find leaven, yeast, it is always evil in the Bible. It is always something that permeates. So even though the seed grows large and the leaven expands to these people, myself maybe, but I see both now, it's not a positive sign. It's a picture, listen, of unhealthy growth Lots of people going to churches that dilute the Bible, and actually many of the people there are not real Christians. It's also a picture of false religions and cults that appear godly from the outside, but deny the basic foundations of Christianity, especially the Trinity. So let me give you an example. In this belief, here all of a sudden is leaven, and it permeates everything. And then over here is a picture of growth. It's abnormal. And on the top is evil birds. So what are they saying? They said, be careful because as future goes on, the churches will look really large. And people go, wow, successful, successful. Well, it's, numbers isn't the issue. The issue is, are the people inside really Christians? You know this. I won't mention the name. But there's many places in the world where you can go in a church, and one of the churches I'm well aware of, good person, I'm not going to judge them, I'm just going to tell you the truth, 50,000 people. Now, why do they go there? Because their ears are tickled. In that church, you will never hear the word sin. I heard an interview with a pastor recently, and someone said, why don't you ever mention hell? He says, that's not my calling as a pastor to talk about hell. Really? (laughs) You're going to see Jesus talk about it today. So see, you say, well, what is it? Well, it's a place. See, when people see big crowds, they go, wow, look at all those Christians. Maybe not. How about the cults? Maybe not. If you go in any foreign country in the world, who will you see over there? Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses. Do they believe in the same Jesus we believe in? No, not at all. And so understand, that's that balance. So Pastor Mark, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, let me show you. I kind of wrote it down. I see truth in both of these. When we get to heaven, he'll tell us what it is. But you're going to see both. Here we are. Write this down this morning. First thing, be aware. This is the minority view. Be aware that Satan loves to infiltrate the church with false teachers and false doctrines. Is that true? Yes. All over the world. You have lots of places today, do you know, that will not teach the word of God anymore. Do you know, there's many churches now in our world won't teach the first five books of the Bible. That's just kind of a story that was made up about Adam and Eve. Really? What do we see in the first three chapters of Genesis? We see marriage between one man and one woman. We see original sin. Well, no wonder I don't have to talk about repentance or sin because I don't believe in the book of Genesis. This is the way it works. Now, watch what Paul writes to Timothy talking as our churches. If they get infiltrated with evil, it seems to spread. Do you know in our church, you know, 20, 22 years soon, we've had to, from time to time, get to a small group and remove the leader or a person in the small group. You know why? Because they're spreading what? False stuff. Here's an example. We've had this numbers of times. We find an individual in the group and they go and always stir the group up. Here's what they say. The only Bible you can use is the King James Bible because that's the Bible Jesus used. That's a stupid statement. But they would say, if you're using the New Living Translation or you're losing the NIV or the New King James, no way, it's a wrong Bible. We just remove them. You know why? 
Because if you don't, that permeates like yeast and water. How much does it spread? It can spread through the whole congregation. Do you get it? Well, Pastor Mark, I'm a leader, but I don't believe in repenting. You're no longer a leader in this church. Why? Because you will do what Satan says. Watch what he says. They will act religious, but they will reject the power, the power of God that will make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Now, there is no perfect church, but I can tell you, if you come to this church, and there's many wonderful churches in our community that teach all the word of God, the basics, you will not hear false doctrine from this church because we teach the word of God. We teach it. And when I give you a passage that I don't know which is which, I tell it to you. Other than that, I know everything. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. That was a joke, God. That was a joke. (laughs) Casey's going to strike me down. No. So first thing, you have to be aware. By the way, I said to you a couple minutes ago, God's in the house. You know who else is in the house? Satan's in the house. Pastor Mark, are you kidding? Yeah, he is. He's always saying to you, distracted you, thinking about this afternoon, what you're going to have for lunch. You haven't heard a thing I said in the last 10 minutes. He's always distracted. That was Satan. Put your crazy telephone down. Guys out in the comments, set it down. No texting. Listen to me this morning. Amen. All right, let's go on. Here's the next one. Be confident. And I want to hear an amen in a moment. Be confident that Satan cannot stop the growth and impact of the church. Amen. You know, I read the end of the book. We win. Because we're on God's side. The church will never be destroyed. Because it's God's church. So how do I know that? This picture is kind of one that focuses on the positive attitude. The positive growth. Watch this. Revelation 7. After this I saw a vast crowd. Too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language. Standing in front of the throne and before the Where are they in heaven? Real believers. Masses. Billions of people. So it kind of moves to the first. So you kind of have... A balance between both of these. One commentator, G. Campbell Morgan, I loved it. He said this. He said, this one's, this one's about the growth of the church, which is healthy. This is about the leaven, which is not healthy. So he just took one in each bell, and there it is. It's balanced right there. You can figure it out for yourself. I can just tell you, don't make it a topic of, when you go out to lunch today, well, what do you think? What do you think? Forget all that. We see both sides, amen? And what are we after? We're after people that are lost from Jesus Christ. Stay on mission. Don't get crazy. Look at verse 22. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages. Should this surprise you? Teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. He was always teaching the word. That's why we teach the word here. And someone asked him a very common question. We hear it today. Look at verse 23. Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? And he said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and not be able to. Notice Jesus doesn't answer the question. What he says is, why are you worried about other people going to heaven? He turns it right back and he makes it a command to the man that asked the question. He says, You make sure you have gone through the narrow door. Make sure you have repented, believed, and that you're going through the door that will lead to heaven. Well, Pastor Mark, what is this narrow door you're talking about? What was Jesus talking about? Well, here it is. Write it down this morning. 
write this in your Bible and you'll always remember it. Because Jesus talks numerous times about the narrow door, the narrow gate, the narrow way to God. Here it is. The narrow door is simply Jesus. And not just believing in Jesus, but basically repenting, believing, and receiving salvation by grace through faith. You see, is the narrow door really narrow? Yes, it is. Look at this verse. Jesus himself said it. Jesus answered, I'm the way. I'm the truth. Not a, not one of them anyways. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one gets to heaven except through me. Now, let me ask you, is that narrow? It was very narrow. And you'll see in a moment why. Because Jesus said, I'm the only way I can get there. People complain about these kind of statements from Jesus and other things. But truth is narrow. Let me give you a math question. Not the new math, the old math that we used to learn. <laughs> new math I'm confused with. Okay, But you'll get this one. If I add two to two, what do I get? What well, I don't like four. I like six. Is truth narrow? And no matter what you do with two and two, it always equals, tell me, four. Is that narrow? Of course. Truth is narrow. Understand it. People don't understand that. Now, as you go through this, watch what Jesus says. Notice the word he uses. Look at verse 24. Make every effort. Some of the translations say, strive. Some of them say, struggle. What does he mean by that? He says, the door is a narrow way because Jesus is the only way to forgiveness, salvation, and heaven. So that contradicted the Jewish belief. Here's what the Jews believed. All Jews except maybe a few tax collectors and bad sinners, would be saved. Every Jew would be saved because of their nationality. And lots of people around Jesus refused to commit to him on his terms. So he's saying because he's talking to mostly Jews. No, the door to heaven is not because you're Jewish. The door to heaven for me is not because my dad was a pastor and my grandpa was a pastor. No, I have to enter the door myself. It doesn't rub off. Now, why do I have to strive? Why do I have to struggle? Because it's narrow. You understand it. It's difficult. People, there's the door. People want to design their own door. When we were on our cruise, we stopped at Cartagena, Colombia, and we were downtown doing a thing and whatever. We seen all these amazing doors. You know, people today want to design their own doors, their own way to God. What does it mean to strive? It's difficult to give control of my life. I want to give it up and I surrender to God and just do it here his way. So the striving with committing to Christ sounds like this. And now the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it's clear. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I lived a life that's full. I traveled each and every highway. But much more than this, I did it my way. Why do I have to struggle? Because I want to do it my way. Say, hey, man, you preach it, Mark. No, I'm preaching to you, too. How many here kind of want to do our own way many oftentimes? Those of you who don't raise your hand, get out of your seat, come right down there for salvation now. <laughs> you see, 
That's our old sin nature. Amen. God says, do this. No, I didn't do it my way. I want to design the door. That's why you have to strive. That's why there's a commitment needed. You can't do it your way. Now, so Jesus says you have to deny yourself and you have to accept that gift of salvation and actually enter the door. So now we know what the door is. There's only one option to go to heaven. Only one. Jesus. You can't go by a church. You can't buy anything else. Look at verse 24. He talks about an open door that's open. You can go through. But now he talks about a door. Watch me. That is closed. A door that's closed? Yeah, watch what he says. It's pretty challenging. Here it is. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter. Watch this. And will not be able to. Once the owner of the house, God, gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for me. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. What is this closed door equal? It's simply this. It's your death. You see, Jesus reminds us the importance of open doors. Right now, for everybody I'm speaking to, the door's open. For all the friends and relatives that we're going to minister to during the holidays and neighborhood parties at work, the door is open right now. Why? Because they're living. The door is open to you. But one day, the door will shut. When is that? It's when you die. You see, the only way I can go through the door is while I'm alive. Once I die, there's no changing. If I'm a Christian and I've gone through the door and I've accepted Christ personally and I have a personal relationship with him, I'm finished. I'm going right to heaven, baby. But if I haven't, when that door closes, if you've never accepted Christ, your destination, you'll see in a moment, Jesus will talk about it, is away from God forever. You see, so it's so important. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. The door is simply open. Remember, a lot of people say, well, in fact, there was a, you know the church, I won't even mention it, that used to say that there's an intermediate place. The person, if you didn't know where they went, you could, you yourself were living, you could pay, you could pray for them, and you could move them from point A to finally heaven. No, that's 100% false. The Bible says it's appointed unto man to die once and after death, the judgment. There is no intermediary place. See, that's just false hope. It's not true. Now, what does that say to us with VIO? Write this down this morning. Be sensitive to open doors. The gentleman that was interviewing the lady, he saw an open door and he went through it. I want you to go up and down in your mind right now, your relatives, mom, dad, son, daughter, grandkids, I want you to go down and just kind of take a quick trip down your street, your apartment complex. Where are those people going to spend eternity? Oh, Pastor Mike, I don't have time for those people. I got my own issues. No, what was today's option? Meeting the needs of others. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. One day, after they die, but nobody told me. I'm telling you, you can't leave this building today without hearing the truth. But outside these doors, the people do not know that truth. 
They do not understand that there is only one way to heaven. You've already seen that. They're going to make their own door, but it's not going to end where they want to. Now, when you see that, understand, when we plant a seed, the rest is up to God. I'm not responsible for that. Now, look at verse 26. Then you will say, well, wait a minute, God. We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. We went to church. We ate, we drank. We kind of went through the motions. But he'll reply, I don't know you or where you come from. What he's saying to them is words like this for us today. Don't deceive yourself. Good people don't go to heaven. Oh, we ate with you. We knew about you. Don't deceive yourself. All roads, all doors do not lead to heaven. How many roads lead to heaven this morning? How many? One. Just one. Pastor Mark is too narrow. I'm sorry. God designed the door. It's not my door. It's one. You see, what Jesus is trying to say to these people here is, They were in church, like you are. They believed in God, like you do. They even believed maybe in Jesus. But basically, they went through the motions. They never turned their life really over to them. See, many people believe that when you finally profess salvation, maybe you repented, came to an altar, or watched the Billy Graham crusade, or Greg Laurie, or whatever, then you just go and live life the way you want. No, he never knew you. He never really had an intimate relationship with you. See, it's not about religion. Religion is you trying to climb up to be good enough. Pastor Mark, I was there. I ate with you. We knew that. We talked on the streets about you. No, no, no. The word never knew you. Knew you is an intimate word as Adam knew Eve. Sexual intimacy. In the spiritual realm, it's an intimacy. I have a relationship with God that he lives in me. And because of that, my life has changed. Look at this verse. This is a challenge for people today. A real Christ follower lives in obedience to God's will. Notice the marker. If you're not living in obedience to God, you really don't have a relationship with him. Because when I come to Christ, I turn my life over to him. I don't do it my way. I do it his way. Look at 1 John 2.6. Whoever claims to live in him must walk, as Jesus said. The word walk simply means lifestyle. None of us are going to be perfect, but we're going to be changed. We're going to be like him. And Jesus is trying to say, he's challenging these Jews. You're very religious. You have it all down to a science, but you don't even know God. It's dead religion. So can I challenge you this morning? If that's you today, today's the day to make a commitment. I don't care what you call yourself, but you want to be known by God. Let me just state this to you kindly with truth. If you try to get to heaven your way, you will fail. I say that in love because I've been praying all weekend that in our services, people would not walk out this door who are not knowing in their heart that they have a relationship with God and they've walked through the right door and become a follower of Christ. Pastor Mark made a point to emphasize that we should not wait to come to Christ because we don't know for certain how much time we have on this earth. Jesus warned his listeners of the same thing. Since death is the ending of our chances, we need to warn our friends and family too. God loves us, and Jesus died for us, but we don't have unlimited time to repent. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. 
Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, we'll wrap this message up. Pastor Mark will finish the 13th chapter of Luke with Jesus continuing to warn his listeners not to wait on receiving him as Savior. We'll hear Jesus tell more stories in another attempt to get through to people that they need to have a real salvation rather than a pretend one. They can only get to heaven by Jesus' method. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Let us hear your lessons.